Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Ashley Holmes. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. On this episode of Prep Talk, we are joined by staff members of Con Edison and PSCG Long Island to discuss how utility providers prepare and respond to emergencies. We're also discussing how they work with emergency management agencies and how they fit into the disaster cycle. Please welcome from Con Edison, Patrick McHugh, Senior Vice President of Electric Operations, Matthew Sniffen, Vice President of Emergency Preparedness, and Larry Torres, Manager of Emergency Preparedness at PSCG Long Island. Thank you for joining us. Please share with our listeners your role and how you got started in the field. Matthew, let's begin with you. Thank you, Ashley. So uh, my name is Matt Sniffen, and I am the Vice President of Emergency Preparedness at Con Edison. I've been with Con Edison for over 40 years. I came right out of college as an engineer. Most of my time in my career is spent in operations, mostly in electric operations. And the last five years, I've been the Vice President of Emergency Preparedness, where we directly uh, work with our operations teams and, and our outside uh, stakeholders to uh, respond to events. Patrick. How about you? Okay, so thank you. So I am Patrick McHugh. I'm the Senior Vice President of Electric Operations here at Con Ed. I'm responsible for the engineering operations and maintenance of the electric distribution system throughout New York City and Westchester County. Like Matt, I joined the company right out of college. Here a few years less. I'm 31 years with Con Edison. Started as an intern working in the streets, worked my way up through the various control centers around the Con Ed system, and worked my way up to the position today. So uh, again, and in the role I'm in today, responsible for the operation and maintenance of the distribution system. Thank you for being with us today. Larry, what about you? Thank you for having me. This is actually my first podcast. Um, like many of uh, many utility professionals, including my colleagues here in Con Ed, I have over 32 years of gas and electric utility experience. Before transitioning to PSCG Long Island, I worked for National Grid and its predecessor companies for 23 years. There I held leadership roles in many areas, including gas distribution engineering, gas construction. I was manager of overhead on the ground lines and manager of electric distribution operations responsible for both electric dispatch and emergency response. Uh, In 2019, I became responsible for managing and leading activities in emergency preparedness, including distribution automation and our audit management system. My team and EP and I play a significant role in support of storms throughout the year, obtaining external resources if needed, communications with EOCs and our regulators, and storm reporting. Uh, we ensure that all our storm processes and plans are kept current and documented. And of course, we're responsible for training all our employees in our storm response. So, Larry, thank you for making Prep Talk your first podcast. This is actually the first podcast um, episode that Prep Talk has done with utility providers. So, we really appreciate the three of you joining us for this conversation. So, we've talked about this before that the city of New York, especially New York City Emergency Management, works really closely with utility providers before, during, and after disasters. And utility providers often operate like a government agency, although they may be a private company. 
So how does your organization different from a government agency and how is it similar when it comes to emergency response? I'm going to turn it over to PSEG to start and then Con Edison. Sure. PSEG Long Island differs from a government agency, I think, in that we provide a commodity, electricity to our customers who are heavily relying on that. On that. Other than that, I think we are more similar than we are different when it comes to emergency response. Our primary focus is in the safety of our employees and customers. And we do that by restoring power safely and efficiently. Communication is key, though. Communicating with our customers as well as our partners in New York City emergency management throughout an event is critical to a successful response, to ensure consistency in our updates, and to know where we need to provide resources to address any issues in the rockways that the city may have. Thank you for that. Patrick and Matt, what would you like to add? So I would add, I would, again, stress the difference, right? So we, we Con Edison, are an investor-owned utility, which means we're a publicly-owned company with shareholders. We are regulated by New York State, by the Public Service Commission of New York State. So we're just organized and set up differently. However, with that said, we work very closely with New York State and New York City and Westchester County in not only planning and, you know, our, our plans and what we do, but also in responding to emergencies. I would add that we work very closely with New York City in particular. We plan together. We plan for events. We work together during events and we will attend and be participate in the OEM's uh, command structure during events. I would also add that we share the incident command system, the standardized approach to emergency. So our teams are all well-versed and that is how, you know, the system we use to respond to emergencies. So I don't know, Matt, if you have anything else to add. No, I mean, certainly NYSEM has been a great partner for us. Uh, we, you know, we deal with them often on blue sky days to get ready for those you know, storm days. And I think that's, you know, probably the most important partnership we have uh, with the cities, with NYSEM, and then I would say the fire department. But uh, we, you know, we work hand in hand and meet with them regularly uh, uh, to make sure, you know, we have those relationships and, and also an understanding of each other's needs. Can you guide us through how your organization fits into the disaster cycle? How does your organization work with emergency management and other government partners during these events? So, so you know, uh, um, really preparation is, is really the most important thing. We conduct drills throughout the year internally and with our uh, government partners like New York City Emergency Management. And when a large storm is predicted for us, it's all hands on deck. Everyone has a storm assignment. We, we mobilized 30 times last year for different events, most in our recent history. One of our challenges is we are competing for resources that work on overhead equipment. Most storms impact other areas and utilities before the Northeast, and there's a limited amount of these workers to begin with. We've invested over $10 million in contracts to ensure we have mutual resource available. Since Riley Quinn in 2018, we have significantly increased our ability to bring in these external resources in advance to be ready for storms. We've increased our mutual aid resource contracts by seven times, securing over 1,000 personnel through retainer and incentive contractors to assist in response. We have a new facility in Pomona, New York, which is in Rockland County, just over the uh, Tappanzee Bridge, shows our commitment to storm response. We built innovative protocols. We purchased additional vehicles, and we have the ability to fly in over 400 of, of this personnel so we can get folks back uh, and restoring customers faster instead of having them drive in from, you know, which may take two or three days to get to the New York area. Now we can fly them in, and they're typically working within a 24-hour period. 
We've used technology to, to improve some of our, our onboarding processes to make sure the, the folks that are coming are safe to work on our system. Uh, so we've utilized these in some of our drills as well as some of our smaller events. But last year, we had an event where we mobilized over 1,200 people and uh, we're getting more efficient at it and um, you know, working with um, you know, partners and different agencies to make sure that uh, they understand our needs during events, whether we need a staging area or a material drop-down area. And then during the event, you know, making sure we know each other's concerns, whether it's the park department and trees that are down or NISIM for a critical customer, say a nursing home or, or, or a facility that they need back in service right away. So it's a lot about communication. Yeah, for, for the podcast customers who don't know what the emergency uh, management cycle is, we're talking about prevention, mitigation, preparedness, response, and recovery. Those are the five steps of emergency management. And PSCG Long Island incorporates the emergency management cycle in, into our current methodology structure and planning initiatives into our restoration plan, which is a playbook for how we handle all, all storm events, all hazard approach. Um, by effectively aligning our emergency response plan with this cycle, we ensure that our plans, processes, procedures, and personnel were positioned to provide a safe and efficient response. Um, as Conant mentioned, we also provide training and drills and exercises to ensure readiness of our workforce. We invite emergency management partners um, and government agencies, um, as well as uh, local electeds to our annual hurricane exercise. Um, we communicate you know, timely and accurately with our customers and key stakeholders across a wide variety of communication mediums. We hold mini calls, we do um, social media, chat, et cetera. And of course, we openly embrace continuous improvement, utilizing a thorough comprehensive after action review process. Um, so we, we solicit feedback from our uh, elected officials, our emergency management partners, other utilities. We collaborate with Con Ed and other New York State utilities to, to, to learn best practices and incorporate that into our plan, all in an effort to do better for the next event. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. So as you mentioned, um, Larry, so eloquently about the disaster cycle, government agencies and utility providers construct vast emergency plans to mitigate various disasters. So, you know, before an event happens, we are putting together these plans so we can effectively respond and help provide recovery resources after an event occurs. But individual preparedness is key. So could you all talk about some of the key community outreach initiatives that your organization has implemented to prepare New Yorkers for emergencies like power outages and utility disruptions? And could you also share some key emergency tips that New Yorkers should know when it comes to um, you know, power outage and utility disruption preparedness? Larry, let's start with you. Sure. Um, we work closely with the Red Cross. Um, we've partnered um, with them um, as well as United Way um, with Sesame Street. I'm going to go a little bit out of context. Sesame Street to develop an educational program for pre and elementary school children to learn how to prepare for emergencies. The Be Ready, it's called, and the Brave, Strong, and Resilient Children's Workshop uses Sesame Street characters to teach students serious issues, how to prepare before, during, and after emergencies. The Safety Presentation is a collaboration sponsored by PSCG Long Island, the PSCG Foundation, and the United Way of Long Island. In addition, our website, um, I want to encourage our customers to visit our website, PSCGLINY.com. Our website has information to educate customers on storm safety. Um, it's uh, a lot of information to even mention, but I do encourage our customers to visit it periodically to get some tips on what uh, they can do to prepare. Uh, some of the key emergency tips that um, our customers should know is, you know, have your own preparedness plan. 
um, you know, maintain a list of contact numbers for emergency agencies, fire, police, your local utility, whether it's PTG Long Island, National Grid, or Con Ed. Uh, know an emergency route, you know, an event you have to um, evacuate um, your town or even your home. Um, I always remind our customers that if you come across a wire down um, during an event, always treat it as live, stay at least 30 feet away and call your utility immediately. Um, and, and lastly, stay connected, right? There's many ways uh, you can do that, I'm sure, for content as well as PSG Long Island. Download the PSG Long Island mobile app to report an outage and receive information on restoration times, crew locations, and more. Um, you could uh, text out if you if you have a power outage. Um, and, and once again, if you have a downed wire, call PSCG 24-hour emergencies number or uh, dial 911 if it's a, it's a serious emergency. And you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get uh, up-to-date updates on where we are with the storm event. Thank you, Larry. Patrick and Matt, what about you? So thank you. So uh, many things we do are similar to PSEG Long Island and many of the things that Larry had mentioned. Uh, I would just start by saying that, you know, here at Con Edison, we are the most reliable utility in the United States. So um, we know we have the largest underground network system, power system, distribution system in the United States. So uh, with it being said that People don't experience power outages at a rate of other customers around the United States. And therefore, though, we still want to remind people that they need to be prepared to respond, you know, to act if they do have a power outage. Um, We would uh, also state what Larry had said. The most important thing is the safety, safety of the customers, safety of the public. And especially about down wires, we we want to make sure that people understand that down power lines, people should stay away from them and assume they're alive, as Larry said, very important uh, to do that. We also want people to know how to report outages. And similar to what Larry had mentioned, we preemptively will send out text messages for those that will sign up for it telling them about the the weather issue or whatever's going on and allow them to very easily respond to those text messages with a text to, re- to report to us if they are out of service. Um, we also have a lot of information on our website. We encourage like PSEG people to go to the website and uh, learn and understand. But most of all, I think we started this off with about preparing. You know, this is, uh, we prepare a lot for weather events and for outages, and really to get that messages message to our customers about them preparing for an outage or for an event, and um, you know that is extremely important for success. Uh, that bit of pre-planning, so our success and their success, will, you know, is that is you know relies on that pre-planning. Um, so with that, we also do, um, you know, emailing for customers and communicating uh, to customers, whichever way they want to get uh, communications. We try to work with the customers in that realm and doing that. We also meet periodically with the county, the, the various municipalities in Westchester County to meet with them, as well as uh, with New York City OEM to make sure that they are uh, up to speed on our plans and, and what we foresee the event may lead to. Thank you. So I think we can go as far as saying that New Yorkers have the power to be prepared. I'm going to be able to with that one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
As New York experiences an increase in extreme weather events, what are some of the things your organization is doing to address climate change? What can New Yorkers do to reduce their energy use? Larry, let's begin with you. Sure. So PSEG Long Island continues to harden our system to help withstand extreme weather. Since the implementation uh, of the FEMA-funded storm hunting program after uh, Sandy, in 2014 is when they started funding us. PSEG Long Island has completed storm hardening and reliability work on more than 1,000 miles of distribution uh, mainline circuits. Uh, from the first quarter of 2021 to the first quarter of 2022, the sections that were storm hardened saw a 40% reduction in damage leading to outages compared to the rest of the distribution system. So we see the gains from that storm hardening program. And we're starting to see less, less impacts from these milder storms throughout the year. Uh, PSEG Long Island is proud to continue its storm hardening work with our Power On program. That's an initiative started in the spring of 2020 that will continue to improve the reliability by strengthening the distribution lines, targeting the most vulnerable circuits across Long Island and the Rockaways. Since that launch, an additional um, more than 190 miles of distribution circuits have been storm-hardened with stronger poles, thicker wire, and modern equipment. Lots of uh, uh, supervise your smart switches on our system. Um, and in terms of uh, tree trim practice, we are following industry best practice. We are identifying and removing hazardous trees on uh, the Rockaways and Long Island. Trees are our biggest culprit during these larger windstorms. So by removing trees that we identify as being hazardous preemptively, that has helped. We've uh, um, I, uh, identified a, a new program, Trim to Sky, where we're trimming um, basically from the ground all the way up so we can see the sky. So any of those large trees trees that are overhanging our wires. We're looking to remove that up to the first uh, switch in our system. What New Yorkers can do to reduce their energy use, you know, especially this time of year where high temperatures can lead to higher energy use, resulting in higher electric bills to help save energy and money this summer. Uh, PSG Long Island offers the following tips. Um, do not cool an empty house. If you if you leave the house to go on vacation or go to the beach, set your thermostat higher when you are away or use a smart thermostat to control the temperature in your home. PSG Long Island does offer rebates. I'll give you some information on that in a minute. Um, seal holes and cracks around doors and windows with cork or weather stripping. Replace your... Uh, Air filters monthly if you have air conditioning. Operate appliances in the morning or evening when it's cooler outside. Set refrigerators and freezers to the most energy efficient temperature. Replace old appliances with new energy efficient, uh, energy efficient Energy Star appliances. And once again, we provide uh, rebates for those uh, appliances. Close blinds and draperies facing the sun to keep out the sun's heat. Uh, ceiling fans do cool fast. It costs less than air conditioning, so we encourage you to uh, use those. Um, as I mentioned, PSEG Long Island offers a host of energy efficiency initiatives and rebates to help customers save energy and money. So visit our website, another website, PSEGLINNY.com, under the Save Energy and Money uh, link. You know, kind of so we are committed to, you know, recognizing the climate change. We recently completed our climate change vulnerability study as we plan investments for our energy system. That study found that extreme heat, storm surge, flooding and violent storms are all threats to our equipment. At, at Con Edison, we are really uh, a utility that has two systems. Our overhead system, which will be similar to what PSC and D-Log Island has, and then we have an underground system. So I'll talk about the overhead system first, and then Patrick will talk about the underground system. 
But the um, overhead system is much like a lot of what Larry talked about. Since oh, Superstorm Sandy, we've invested uh, you know millions of dollars in hardening our, our system. We involved a lot of the, it, it installed a lot of the same smart switches that Larry talked about, reducing uh, the impact. Of, you know, if a tree comes down, less customers would be impacted because they're able to automatically uh, isolate where the damage is. Um, Larry mentioned trees. Trees and wind, you know, it's a bad combination. Um, and and my, all the utilities, we, we, they're not our trees. So we need permission to do some of the work uh, from our customers. So that's one of the things we look to where if you have a dead or a rotting tree on your property, we're looking to get permission to take it take it off your property. Like Larry said, talked about, you know, ground to sky clearing of these trees that are close to our lines. We only have the right to clear a box around the wires. That's, you know, the negotiated rights through the Public Service Commission. But we look to expand that. And that's really where we can improve our reliability is, is clearing out the, the, the damage and, and, and trees that will, will be compromised during these heavy wind events that are likely to be more often. Um, so that's really where we're concerned about in the overhead system, much like Larry we talked about, you know, putting in bigger poles and, 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 and more, more tree resistant wires, but, um, it's really a multifaceted, uh, uh approach to, uh, storm hardening. And, and we've started an undergrounding, um, a pilot where, where some of the wires that are currently overhead, we're, we're moving to underground where they're obviously not vulnerable to, to wind events. So we have a lot of things going on. Uh, we're going to continue to uh, invest in our system. Um, our, our climate change uh, planning has been labeled the gold standard by the New York Times. I'll, talk, I'll let Patrick talk about our uh, underground heat approach. So the underground system, uh, much different system than the overhead system uh, in the underground system, not impacted by the severe wind events. Um, but the underground system is more impacted from severe heat and the climate change uh, forecasting is hotter temperature, longer duration heat waves. And a heat wave to the overhead system because the system easily dissipates the heat on the wires and on the transformers is less impactful to the overhead system where the underground system in the earth and all the equipment is in the earth is less able to dissipate the heat and therefore typically more impacted by long duration heat waves. So with that, I would give you our network system, which is the underground system, is designed in a way that um, you know, its greatest strength is that when we lose distribution supply feeders, we don't lose customers. Uh, where in an overhead system, typically when you lose distribution supply feeders, you would lose customers. The network system, I give the example, you may have 20 network feeders feeding a neighborhood. When you lose one of them, when one of them was to fail, the other 19 pick up uh, the rest of the customers. If you lose a second, the remaining 18 pick up the customers, you, you would not lose customers. When you lose a third, the remaining 17 pick up the customers. So what can happen on those very high load days, uh, you can get into a cascading condition where you'll lose a couple of feeders and you haven't lost customers and you can get into a condition where the feeders may start a cascading failure. Um, so we work very hard uh, to make sure that we are ready, mobilized, and to return to equipment back to service immediately, you know, upon um, any of those uh, type of events. So our coastal, you know, our climate change vulnerability study identifies that, and we are working 
to you know address those issues and to further make the underground system more reliable for those heat waves. We are in our latest rate case looking to design this underground system. We had a standard design temperature uh, that we designed the underground system to. We are looking to increase that temperature variable, which we call it, uh, increase the temperature variable design of our underground system going forward in the acknowledgement of climate change coming our way. Uh, so in addition to the heat waves, we also have flooding as an impact, flooding less of an impact to the overhead system. Flooding would be an impact to the underground system as well as to our substations around the system. So uh, post-Sandy, we had committed to designing our system to a FEMA 100-year flood plus three feet. Um, since our climate vulnerability study, we have committed to upping that and doing a designing our system to a FEMA plus five feet, FEMA 100-year flood plus five feet. And what we do is we, we identify those areas in our system where the flood level, where that flood level would meet our equipment. And we design our equipment in that area to either be more submersible or in a substation or in the case of a substation, we would look to elevate equipment or build walls around the equipment to allow the system to operate, you know, and, and to be maintained during a severe flood uh, condition. So uh, that's just some of the things we're doing about climate change here uh, at Con Edison. And, and I'll finish up with the energy efficiency tips, though, though Larry talked about, you know, most of what I would have said for air conditioning. But we, we have... Um, uh, our automatic meter readers, um, uh, you know, we have our meters are, are read uh, remotely now. And with that comes the ability to use time of use rates. So it's really an incentive for folks to use um, electricity during off-peak hours. So, for instance, if you're in a residential neighborhood and you can set your um, dishwasher or washing machine to start three or four hours later on the overnight, it will not only help us because it takes some of the uh, the stress on our system, but also it's a cheaper way to use electricity. So for us, that's that's a big incentive for folks to sign up for that. We also have curtailment programs um, where on a hot day, if you uh, reduce you know the use uh, specifically of air conditioners, as Larry mentioned, we talked a lot about air conditioners. That's the single most uh, biggest user typically in, in a house or in a business uh, on the hot days. Uh, and, and, and as Larry said, check our website for energy efficient rebates and discounts. That's content.com. Great. Thank you so much. Those are really good tips. Thank you, everyone. Yep. Especially as we are, you know, in we're we're currently, you know, ha discussing this in summer now, but these are also important tips throughout the year is to um, be mindful of your energy use. So thank you. And your and the emergency tips as well, um, because we know that emergencies can affect utilities, whether it's hot out or it's cold out. So thank you all. Speaking with Patrick McHugh, Matt Sniffen and Larry Torres, it is rapid response time. And if you are a first time listener, it is simple. Prep Talk will ask questions and our guests will give the first answer that comes to mind. But before rapid response, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management. New York City needs your help to make our community safer, stronger, and better prepared. Support your community by getting involved in the NYC Emergency Management Share Your Space Survey. Do you manage or own a facility in NYC with a large interior room, like a community center? 
place of worship or a campus facility. These can be used for outreach, for training, as a gathering space in an emergency, or as a disaster recovery center for your community. Community spaces can be used as a resource before, during, and after an emergency. Organizations citywide are encouraged to participate. Go to nyc.gov slash survey. There, you can register your space. By working together, we can build resilient communities, one space at a time. Learn more at nyc.gov slash survey or call 311. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. Okay, we are back with Rapid Response Q&A with representatives from Con Edison and PSEG Long Island. First question, we'll start with Larry from PSEG Long Island. What is one emergency item that you cannot live without? I would say a portable charger. I rely heavily on my cell phone to communicate with my colleagues at PSEG and my family, so having a charged cell phone is important to me. I know I can rely on my vehicle to charge my phones, but it's always good to have that portable charger with you. That's a great one. Um, Patrick and then Matt. So I just go to the necessities, food and water. Food and water, make sure you have food and water available to you for emergencies. Yeah, and I'll sort of add to what Larry said. I think, you know, the smartphones now are a necessity in life. Most folks use them. So it's because that's the way we communicate. And I'll put a bow around all that. In order to get food, water, communication, you need electricity. So uh, we understand the importance of our commodity. Understood loud and clear. Thank you. What is your favorite disaster movie? So my favorite disaster movie is a Netflix done on the Chernobyl disaster. It's a movie made on it. It's a great must-see TV. And Matt? So as a person who's been involved in a lot of emergencies over the years, I'm not that fond of disaster movies. But when I was growing up, Poseidon Adventure was one of my favorite movies of, of, of all time. Great. And Larry? Yeah, I, I rewatched this movie called Contagion starring Matt Dillon. It came out in 2011. It was about a respiratory virus turning into a global pandemic. Uh, who knew that uh, a few years later that it would become a reality? Eerily similar to the experience of COVID-19. That's what that movie was about. So I found that very interesting. I have to agree oh, wow. with you that Poseidon Adventure is one of the best movies ever. Um, I like the one. I know that they cre- they recreated it, um, but the, the original one with Ernest Borgnine is my favorite. Um, I, I actually remember sitting and watching that movie with my mom. So, like to, to me, that's to me that's actually one of my favorites, which I don't think I've ever shared on this podcast before. Besides, Adventure is one of my favorites. Thank God I know how to swim. Yeah, I've never seen any of the movies you all mentioned, so I'll add <laughs> those to the list. You now have homework, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last question, last but not least. Sum up the work you do in one word. We're going to start with Matt. Prepare. Patrick? I'm with Matt. Prepare. And Larry? It's in our corporate name, Service. Excellent. Speaking with representatives from Con Edison and PSCG Long Island, for our listeners, if you want to learn more about utility providers and how they prepare 
um, their constituents for emergencies and how they respond to emergencies, you can visit their websites for Con Edison, coned.com, and for PSCG Long Island, PSCGLINY.com. We'll talk to you next time. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.